0: I call them God winks, they're not coincidences, they're God winks that all of these things happen that almost put me where I am today. I wouldn't be where I'm at if those things didn't happen. So I wanna encourage others that those things didn't feel very good when they happen, but uh, you'll be amazed at what can happen down the road. <laughs>
1: From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a long career as an employed professional. Today on episode 119 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with the president of Rock Solid Sales Consulting, Brock Robinson. Brock was an accomplished sales executive. After being severed for the third time and experiencing a personal tragedy, He took a leap of faith and formed his own business, Rock Solid Sales Consulting. If you've ever been pushed into a career pivot, you'll want to listen to my discussion with Rock. Stay with us to hear all the details. Loneliness, doubt, fear, insecurity, lack of self-confidence, knowledge gaps, few peers offering support, little direct access to experts, overload, and confusion. Consultants battle these struggles every day. Following a long career as a high-achieving employed professional, becoming a consultant can feel really daunting. There's no doubt that it's way harder to be a consultant than it is to be an employee. But as an employee, you'll never have the same level of control over your destiny that you can have as a consultant. And you can build a profitable consulting business that you'll be proud to call your own and that can support your lifestyle. It may be a hard journey, but don't do it alone. In the Smashing the Plateau community, we're honored to serve high achieving professionals who are motivated to build successful consulting businesses on their own terms, so they can do what they love and get paid what they're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com community. That's smashingtheplateau.com community. Now let's welcome Rock Robinson. Rock is an accomplished sales executive with 40 years of achievement, growing revenue with the likes of McGraw-Hill, Sally Mae, Stericycle, and the University of Phoenix. In 2015, after being severed for the third time and experiencing a personal tragedy, he took a leap of faith and formed Rock Solid Sales Consulting. For the last seven years, he has provided services as a fractional sales leader and coach to sales leaders. Born and raised in the Detroit suburbs, Cincinnati has been his home for the last 30 years. Rock, welcome to the show.:
0: Oh David, thanks for having me.
1: So you've had a long career, mm-hmm. and um, you know clearly from from what I've just said in the introduction, right. a couple or more unexpected bumps in the road, mm-hmm. both um, you know professionally and personally, mm-hmm. which um, you know bumps and other kinds of unexpected disruptions are part of life. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about your career and um, and how these um, incidents impacted your your plan and what you did.
0: Sure. Oh, thanks. You know, the m- majority of my career, David, has been with Fortune 500 companies and uh, and really at the end, some mid-sized companies that were positioned for sale. And that was what I was brought in to do as a sales leader. I was on what you would proverbially call The hamster, the corporate hamster wheel, I was just gone all the time. I'm traveling three out of the four weeks. I'm in hotels. I'm in airports. I'm eating way too much food. I can tell you that. And I'm away from my family. And, uh, you know, at some point in time, I think that was a huge contributor to say, you know, really what's next? The the last 12 years, as you said in my little bio, I I had the pleasure to help companies grow to be sold, but I severed myself three times. So for those that are listening that have lost their job or in transition, I've been there. Uh, I've understood it. I've tried to figure some things to do for the next time that came around. So I call them God winks. They're not coincidences. They're God winks that all of these things happen that almost put me where I am today. I wouldn't be where I'm at if those things didn't happen. So I want to encourage others that those things didn't feel very good when they happened but uh, you'll be amazed at what can happen down the road.
1: So what did you learn each time that helped you deal with them the next time something happened?
0: You know, I, I, would, I would tell people, I talk to a lot of people in transition because they go, Rock, I know I've heard your story. You've been through some of these things. And I say, you always have to be building your brand. I, 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 it, it sounds too easy. It's when we lose our job, we go out and say, man, I got to meet some folks. I got to figure out how I'm going to get my next gig. But you have to do it while you have your job, you know, and, and it, it's easier said than done. But uh, you'll hear a lot of reference in, in our talks here to networking, but it's critical. And please network when you have a job is, is my strongest uh, suggestion.
1: Yeah, you know what that reminds me of? I have a friend who's a banker uh-huh. and he always says the time to apply for credit is not when you need it. Mm-hmm. The time to mm-hmm. apply for credit is when you don't need it because that's sure. when you get it. If you sure. wait till you need it, you're not going to get it.
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs>
1: so, w- what were some of the techniques that you employed to build your brand?
0: You know what? Uh, first and foremost, I, I think networking in itself is easy to say. You know, I got to meet people. But you know, I thought I knew a lot of people in Cincinnati. I knew nobody, <laughs> really. Really, when you, when you think about it, it's a big city, right? and but i wanted to meet new people i didn't want to know the people that i did but when i met people i had to be prepared to be able to ask questions that really you have to connect with individuals connection leads to like like leads to trust and trust leads to an opportunity business or a relationship and what i found along the way my experience told me i was doing this enough that i found five questions that you always have to ask during networking in order to create that like. And they're just, I call them Rock's Fab Five because I'm from Michigan and there was a basketball team that was the Fab Five. So I said, they're the Fab Five questions that you always ask during networking. And when I'd meet with people, I'd share that. And it's just not the questions themselves, but how you ask the questions that really made a difference. And I think helped a lot of people and it helped me along the way.
1: All right, so I have to ask you, Rock, what are the five questions?
0: (laughs) See, I (laughs) teased you, you're coming at it. And they're so simple, but they're how you ask the question. The first one's a geographic question. I'd say, David, where are you originally born and raised? I'm looking for connections. I don't ask where you live today. I want multiples. So myself, I'm from Detroit, then I moved to Chattanooga, and then I lived to live in Cincinnati. I have three potential connections. There's something about geography when we talk and ask. I could be in Florida, and I see somebody with a Cincinnati t-shirt, I'll go, Hey, where are you at and where are you from in Cincinnati, right? I, there is geography. So easy, simple, soft, number one. Number two is family. And I say it that way. I'd say, David, family, because in today's environment, I'm not asking somebody if they're married. I'm not asking if they have kids. You know, I'm more of a senior player. People come to me and they'll say, Rock, do you have grandkids? You know why they're asking me why do I have grandkids? Because they want to tell me about their grandkids, okay? Okay. So I figured out that based on the questions, it's so open-ended, right? And I want them to tell me what family is. I've had people tell me their family is their two German Shepherds. Oh, they're awesome. I go, you got dogs, I got dogs. They tell me about their parents. They tell me about their siblings. They'll tell me about a wife if they had one. How about if I asked him if he was married, a gentleman, and he's going through a nasty divorce, I think we've really not connected right there. I've just brought up something I didn't want to bring up, right? And so I, it's open-ended question. That's two, family. Three is tell me school. Same thing with school. Open ended. David, I'm not asking you where to co- where you went to college. How about if you didn't go to college? You know how does that make you feel? I want to not be threatening in my questions, and I want to hear feedback. I went to a high school. Seventy percent of my graduating high school class went to work for three companies in Detroit. Guess who they were? General Motors, Ford, or Chrysler. Okay. And they're all retired. Yeah, I never would have (laughs) guessed. So, and they've told me they may have went to service. I go, awesome. Tell me what service you were in. You know, if I was a service guy and you were in the army and I'm in the army, we've connected. Or I went to work, I had to provide for my family right away. You know, I had a young family. So my uh, school is number three. Four is tell me about your career journey. You've kind of done that a little here. I want people to tell me. I want to see if I can connect with the types of jobs they had, the locations, the type of work, retail, commercial, private, public, family owned, all these different things. And then the very last one uh, is, uh, David, tell me what you're passionate about. You know, when I can learn what you're passionate about, it's a little different than what's your hobbies, right? I could be passionate about giving to the church and I just, you know, but that's not a hobby. So when I can find out those five things, I've got opportunities to connect. And that's all I'm looking for when I'm talking with people and how you say it when you keep it non-threatening We come away and now I have the ability with all that intelligence to do unique follow-up. If you can imagine that. Right. And you know, one of my favorite stories I I was, I I did this on a client, a prospect, one of my clients. Right. And I said, you know, I asked the fab five, he gave me the answers. He tells me he's from Cincinnati. You know, he's played uh, baseball at the university of Cincinnati. He's got four daughters, the whole nine yards. I gather all this intelligence. He's a wine connoisseur. He's a big red machine fan. And it was through that I was able to uniquely follow up like nobody else has ever done with him. You know, he was a big Red Machine baseball fan, and his favorite player, he told me, was Tony Perez. So I could send him a hand note and follow up. I said, hey, thanks for getting to know you personally and professionally. It's not an expensive bottle of wine like you collect, but it is a baseball card that's 50 years old. I think you'd enjoy it. And I put a Tony Perez baseball card in an envelope and sent it to him. I mean, I would have never been able to do that, create a connection if I never asked the questions. So Fab Five, there you go.
1: And is there a particular order that you ask them in?
0: I like them that way. Born and raised, family, school, career journey, and passion. I see a lot of, and I do this with salespeople too when I coach them. You know, a lot of people start with the passion first and they don't even call it passion. I call it hobby. And what do they do? They, they may have just watched the Cincinnati Reds. They go, hey, what do you think about the Reds game? I go, how do you even know I'm a baseball fan? <laughs> right? So again, they're asking because what? They like it. So you got to make it open-ended. Rock, what are you passionate about? And if I told them, then they'd know and they could see if we can connect on that. But that order.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I find that when people ask me about what I'm passionate about first, Yeah. or if I ask somebody else the same question, Yeah they may not have warmed up enough to feel comfortable yeah, yeah, really yeah. sharing what they're deeply sure. concerned about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I found my experiences told me that that geography question is so soft. You know, as long as I, am not like a stalker telling you where you live right now. All I'm doing is looking I sometimes, you know, I, I know you're from the East. I had a guy tell me he's from Jersey and I go, wow, why can't you pump your own gas? You know, I, I just know some stats about the state <laughs> and I can create a conversation, right? And connect. That's all I'm trying to do.
1: And now I'm really curious, if you're really doing a lot of networking and you're yep. asking these questions yep. and you're meeting a lot of people, how do you track the information? <laughs> because it's there's a lot of details buried in oh, this. Oh, man. I don't know about you, but once I get past about 10 people, I would probably forget most of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy too? Because I think, you know, this is my sales background. We used to write stuff on the back of a business card, right? Or then we got index cards we write our notes on. Then we put them in folders and i print off their LinkedIn profile and make notes on their LinkedIn profile, then I'd make an Excel spreadsheet, and finally I wised up and it came up with something that's called a sales CRM, a software, mm-hmm. and I've got a software that I use, and I tell the audience I've used 10 of them in my career, and I was a Power Salesforce user, way too big for people like me now what I'm doing, but there's so many that are very intuitive and easy to use. I use one today called PipeDrive, and, I've actually incorporated, I have fields for my Fab Five. How about that? So after we talk, I take my notes, I automatically put them in my CRM and I throw my notes away. I'm trying to be so good paperless and it's got an app. So I'm out and about and I bump into David and then I see some facts about David on my little phone here. And now all of a sudden I'm intelligent connecting when I've talked to 300 people in this past month. I can't remember everything, but when I could store it. So when you get good intelligence, you have to store it and save it. And that's how I do it. I use a, a, a software.
1: Yeah. Are there other CRMs that you like, particularly for, for solo consultants?
0: You know what? I, I've just resonated on uh, Pipedrive. I've rolled it out for probably seven of the companies I've worked for. I'm not a programmer, and it's that easy. So I'm a sales guy. So if I can, I can get my way around to tech stuff, Pipedrive, for me, they're that easy. I'm not jumping off them. I've seen the more complex ones, and for me, it's been intuitive. And um, a lot of drag and drop and stuff like that. I just I just love that. But fields that some of the softwares that's out there, they have names that you got to adjust your feelings towards their names. Pipedrive, I can call it whatever I want. Right, I can call it the Fab Five. It works, so. No, I love it. I yeah, love it.
1: Yeah. One thing that that struck me as you were describing your transition from working inside organizations to going out on your own yeah. is that you needed to change your networking. And I would think that as somebody who was involved in sales,
0: right.
1: as a profession, would ha- already have done lots of networking. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. You know, in a lot of cases. This is the one thing, I'm in the business here, it's a consulting business, right? And I'm a fractional sales leader and I'm a sales coach, but what I was doing prior to this, I was a sales leader for 30 years. I wasn't carrying a bag, I wasn't the frontline guy out having a coffees, I had all the team doing that, right? And they did that work. So it was almost reversed. I became a frontline contributor again, where I had to do those work, and I'm okay with that. And I did it, but it'd been a long time. And I think where I've seen some of my peers and associates have, have d- tried to do the same thing as I, there's been some attrition. And I think I see it in consulting too, because there's peaks and valleys. You always have to be networking. You always have to be prospecting, because you know w- when you get the business and you get busy and you don't look for it, then all of a sudden you're out of business. and You got to go find it again. So. It's, it's usually a peaks and valleys and some folks don't have the financial wherewithal to last. So they tap out and they go back and get that job in corporate America and get that steady check coming in again. So, uh, I think that's part of it too. You, you really have to stay on top of that.
1: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Rock, when you went out on your own, how did you figure out what your niche was going to be and, and what your brand was going to be built around?
0: You know, I, I was blessed at the time because that third time of that severance, I was working for the world's largest education university in the world and had a nice sales team. They were awesome people, had 200 plus frontline contributors and salespeople. I mean, they were they were spreading education through corporate America. And I was just so pleased with what they were doing. And just as it happens in corporate America, a new person comes into C-suite with a new idea, what they want to do with sales. And Uh, They severed my boss, who was an awesome architect of what we were doing. And they go, Rock, a a little time later, I need you to get those 200-plus salespeople on a con call because I want to talk to them. I go, sure. And uh, about 120 seconds later, the entire team and me were severed. They were going to go in a different direction. And that was step one. I go, wow, the band broke up. You know, that's really what it was. And little did they know, they're destined for greater things, too, as I was. But it didn't feel very good at that time when that happened in that magnitude and that volume of how it happened. And then 45 days later, my uh, youngest son, Ty uh, at the age of 25 suddenly died. So now you have a severed job and a loss of a child all within 45 days. And you're going, Lord, there better be a sign here. I think there was a sign for me that says, I think there's something I'm supposed to do. And somebody tapped me on the shoulder and told me about this business and with a leap of faith and a couple of prayers, I jumped into the pool head first. And I've been going for seven years, going strong.
1: Wow. So had
0: you heard about this this niche before that? You know, I I really hadn't. Somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, Rock, you're you're like we're a quasi-franchise that's out there for this. For we're looking for sales leaders that look just like you, you know, that are hamster wheels, that are burnout and got skills and don't want to do the traveling. And and I, I kind of said, wow, uh, it, it sounds it sounds like it's in my wheelhouse. I went to my wife. I said, it sounds exactly, she goes, it's exactly what you've been doing all your life. And she says, I'm good with it as long as you don't go into a business that involves golf, because that's one of my passions. So she didn't want me in no <laughs> golf business. But uh, as long as it was sales, she was okay with it.
1: Tell me a little bit about who your ideal client is yep. and what problem you saw for them.
0: Yeah, sure. And. What I do with the bandwidth, and I'm a sole proprietor, so rock solid sales is rock right here. So you're dealing with the creator, the biller, the implementer, the executor, all in one. I operate in Southwest Ohio, so I'll deal in Cincinnati, Dayton, or some of the major cities, Northern Kentucky, Southeast Indiana, and I'm looking for mid to small size companies. And I've kind of targeted it, it has a, at least a, it has a minimum of a max of about six salespeople. So we're really dealing with a different dynamic than I was used to. Because what I want to do as a fractional leader, I want to work with multiple companies. What I do, it's people in process. I come on in, I said, do you have the right people? And are they doing the right stuff? And I help implement change. I put in processes and then I coach. This is what nobody's doing. And this is why I think there's a huge need that's out there, somebody that wants to coach. I want to help them. They don't say make 10 more phone calls. I'll show you how to make the first phone call and help you make the next one and then let's go, right? I got to figure out where you need help and I want to help you. And, uh, and today nobody wants to coach anybody. They just said, here's the number. If you don't hit the number, you got 30 days and we'll see. You. We'll put you on a performance plan. I don't, I don't want to do that. So that's kind of my niche market and where I'm operating at. And uh, I've just been passionate about coaching though. I just, there, there's something that's, I, I, it resonates with me. That's missing out there.
1: Tell me a little bit about the characteristics of a company that does want to coach versus the vast majority that you say don't want to do it.
0: Yeah. You know what? There's something about being a lifelong learner. I look at owners and presidents of companies that are open to change, you know, people that are open to consultants, open people that are open to fractional type employees. It is radically different. You know, at one point last year, I was vice president of sales for four companies at one time. Okay. You have to be open to that. It's radical. They Some folks want you in the office, you know, 60 hours a week. I mean, that's not going to happen. So there has got to be a fit with that. And the ones that I've seen that have been very, very successful with me, they have a passion to learn. They want to grow and they're willing to change.
1: So I gather it's industry agnostic.
0: Yep. I've predominantly been always in B2B. So I've never been in retail. Uh, I got family that are in the the party store business. They wait for people to come to their store. I I just couldn't do that. So always going out. But uh, yeah, and I've usually, a lot of the companies I dealt with have sold, I'll call it selling Cadillacs. You know, they have have premium prices. They're never the cheapest one on the block. And I always, I'm intrigued by that because now I'm selling, where I'm teaching to sell value. You know, it's just not a... I found if you've got the cheap, cheapest product, sometimes we don't even need a sales team. We'll put it on a website. And you come pick the lowest price. And there's people that do that now. But I love selling value and helping our, my sales team sell value. Can
1: you share a story of a situation that you've walked into and, and how things have evolved?
0: Yeah. You know, uh, there there was a great situation. It's in the manufacturing industry, and they didn't have a lot of process. They didn't have a CRM, family business, and they just needed help putting a sales plan together, right? And being an outsider coming in, I, I literally, because they were a quality company, they've been in around for a long time. I just needed to build that you know trust and and let them be able to see that an outsider could fit in with this family. And we had one of the sales team members that would be an heir apparent to be that sales leader. And to see that person be open to growing and me coaching that person over a period of time until this year, I literally, I wouldn't say it's turning the keys over because it's not my company, but turning that role over to him and seeing how he's grown and the job that he's going to do and what we did over that period of time, you know, he learned and we helped grow the business. And I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to see where he's going to take it from here. But those are the situations when I can be involved and feel I made a difference because my job is never to stay there that long. If I'm there too long, maybe there's something going on and maybe you might want to hire me. And I I don't want to do that either.
1: Um, Well, Rock, this has been a really great conversation about your own transition, Mm -hmm. how you have overcome some, uh, some really major obstacles in your, your professional and personal life. And, um, how you've identified this particular niche and have done well in it, and a little bit about the kinds of, of uh, clients where you solve their problems. If someone wants to learn more about anything we've discussed or access any resources you might have or get in touch with you, where would be the best place for them to go?
0: You know, the best way to find me is on uh, LinkedIn. Rock Robinson, you type that in there and you type in rock solid sales consulting, I'm coming up first, okay? Come see me. I'd love to have a conversation. All my contact information's there.
1: Great, and uh, we will of course include your LinkedIn profile link in in the show notes. So um, anyone who's listening can go there. If um, you know whatever platform you're listening on or whatever device you go to, um, go to our website. You can find the link in the show notes. So, Rock, I want to thank you so much. For joining us today on going solo and sharing your your story your insights into um what you're doing now based on many many years of experience my guest today has been the, the president of rock solid sales consulting rock robinson thank you again for joining us
0: yeah awesome Dave.
1: when you visit the going solo website you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show Today, we learned how to recover from a career pivot that is pushed to you. Loneliness, doubt, fear, insecurity, lack of self-confidence, knowledge gaps, few peers offering support, little direct access to experts, overload, and confusion. Consultants battle these struggles every day. Following a long career as a high achieving employed professional, becoming a consultant can feel really daunting there's no doubt it's way harder to be a consultant than it is to be an employee but as an employee you'll never have the same level of control over your destiny that you can have as a consultant and you can build a profitable consulting business that you'll be proud to call your own and that can support your lifestyle it may be a hard journey but don't do it alone in the smashing the plateau community we're honored to serve high achieving professionals who are motivated to build successful consulting businesses on their own terms so they can do what they love and get paid what they're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com slash community. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash community. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.